Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. had a fabulous holiday weekend. Great to have you on board. I want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Locally owned for over 20 years, New Works has a fix for you. Whether it's leak detection, water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works is a full service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, they've got a fix for you. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W wrxplumbing.com. And remember, they have experienced technicians on call 24-7 because, hey, no one decides when they have a plumbing problem. Again, that's newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. All right, so I finally watched on Netflix Untold Operation Flagrant Foul, the story about former NBA referee Tim Donaghy I'm sure you know the story by now. Donaghy, who began NBA officiating in 2007, got involved in fixing games. And when you say fixing games, what does that actually mean? Well, he was supplying inside information, information that he knew leading up to a game based on conversations, based on perhaps injuries, based on only information that a select few would have. Now, did he fix games? As I said, it depends how you define fixing. Did his calls change the outcome of any game? That remains in question. But obviously, Donaghy was found guilty. He pleaded guilty and ended up spending uh, 15 months in prison. Now, I was very involved during that era with uh, the Kings, as you well know. I was very involved in the NBA, and the NBA went through a transformation with their officials. And when Daryl Gerritsen was the head of officiating, and then he left, the program that polices and runs NBA officiating changed drastically, in my opinion. That's just my experience of being with the league for 32 years. Back to Donaghy for a moment. I would say hi to him when I saw him on the floor. I always thought he was rather unfriendly. He did not want to engage in conversation like many of the other officials over the years, whether it was Earl Strom, whether it was Danny Crawford, whether it's Zach Zarber, whether it's Leroy Richardson, whether, I mean, I can go on and on and on. I was very friendly with a lot of the officials. And to this day, uh, I still 
texts back and forth with several officials in the NBA. But Tim, I always remembered as being like, he didn't want to really engage in a conversation. I would say, hey, how are you? He'd go, hi. And that was it. There, there was nothing else about that. I don't ever recall having a conversation with Tim Donaghy other than, hey, how you doing? And that's it. And then it would stop. So his officiating never gave me reason to pause and go, wait a minute. Is something going on here? So I'll put that out there, okay? The 2002 NBA Western Conference Finals in Game 6, which is part of the documentary, and they show video, and Donaghy talks about how the NBA wanted these series to go seven games. And I get that because to this day, as Donaghy said, Game 6 is the worst officiated playoff game in NBA history. And it's really not debatable. It's not arguable. Everyone recognizes it as the worst officiated game in the NBA. And I thought Donaghy made a very interesting comment during the story on Netflix, the documentary, that they were rewarded. They actually got a chance to go on and officiate in the next round of the NBA Finals. How is that? How does that happen? I mean, Bob Delaney, as I'm announcing the game, was looking directly, and I mean directly, at the forearm shiver that Kobe Bryant gave Mike Bibby. All right, there were so many egregious, horrible calls. And if you speak to members of the Kings in 2002, they absolutely believe. They believe that the officials gave that game to the LA Lakers. I've had conversations with the players. They feel that way. And then, of course, the Kings go home and they miss 14 free throws and lose in overtime to the Lakers, and the rest is history. So back to... Donaghy and Operation Flagrant Foul. A couple of things really stood out to me in that documentary. Number one is the incredible power that Commissioner David Stern had, not over the NBA, but the FBI and everything during that era. One thing that was very evident to me after watching that documentary is the NBA wanted to nip that in the bud as quickly as possible, regardless of what it took. They wanted that investigation closed. They wanted it completely in a airtight, sealed envelope, so to speak. And by that, I mean they didn't want it being examined further. They didn't want their officials being examined. They wanted that done with, right? Tim Donaghy, rogue official. He's a convicted felon. He's in prison. Let's play basketball. That's what really stood out to me, the power of David Stern was very evident in that documentary. Now, I already knew that David Stern had a degree of power, but I didn't realize his degree of power somehow, some way, filtered into the FBI, which to me was pretty apparent in that documentary. That was pretty apparent to me. Something else that was a little alarming to me, the number of phone calls that Donaghy had with current NBA referee Scott Foster. Scott is one of the best officials in the NBA. I do and have on numerous occasions had conversations with Scott Foster, so I'm being transparent here. I wouldn't say he's my friend. I don't have his phone number, but, you know, we would very often talk, particularly at uh, the NBA meetings that I would have with the broadcasters in New York, and we were together for quite a while, and I actually sat next to him during one of the meetings, and I like Scott. Thought he 
very nice to me, blah, blah, blah. But the number of phone calls that Donaghy had with Foster to me is alarming. Before the games, after the games, sometimes at halftime. Like, do you call your best friend that often? Do you? I I don't. Um, I don't call my best friend a couple times a day. I don't even call him every day. I don't text him every day. Do you? I I thought that is rather alarming. Now, am I saying that Scott Foster was part of that? And Scott Foster was giving inside information to gamblers? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that to me was very interesting and very suspicious. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's how I uh, took that. Something else that stood out to me about Donaghy, and we've had this conversation on many, many, many occasions. Do I believe that his officiating changed the outcome of games? I don't. And after watching that documentary, I still don't. Now, could I prove that? No, I couldn't prove that. But obviously, when you're messing with the integrity of the game, when it comes to gambling, I mean, look at what happened with Calvin Ridley this past year, betting a parlay when he wasn't even active with the Atlanta Falcons sitting at home, a parlay that included the Falcons for a minimal amount of money, and the NFL suspended him for the full season, which cost him about $12 million of salary. Again, the integrity of the game cannot be compromised. It's why Pete Rose is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. We get that. But here's what's also interesting about what Donaghy said, saying that the league didn't want the series to be quick because they made so much money when you got to the playoffs. Well, didn't the L.A. Lakers beat the New Jersey Nets in four straight games after they beat the Kings in seven? How did that happen? I mean, if Tim Donaghy's claim about the series being extended by the officials because it meant so much more money to the NBA, how come that didn't happen in the series between the Lakers and the Nets in 2002? Here's something else. The conference semifinals in both the East and the West, they didn't go the distance. Both series in the East were decided in five games. All right, five games. The Kings beat the Dallas Mavericks four games to one before they played the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And those were great games, including an overtime thriller. And I think it was game four of that series between the Kings and the Mavs. Dirk Nowitzki, right? Steve Nash, Don Nelson, head coach, Chris Weber, Vladi Divac, Mike Bibby, Pacer Stojakovic. Why would the NBA not try to extend that series? They were close games. So in that vein, Tim Donaghy's argument that the league was trying to extend the series doesn't really add up to me. It doesn't add up based on the 2002 playoffs in the conference semifinals and in the NBA finals. So I don't personally believe that. I believe that game six of the 2002 Western Conference Finals was awful. Absolutely. And I believe that Bob Delaney, who I have never respected as an official, as overrated as any official that I have ever seen in the NBA. I had no idea how that guy, year after year after year, was officiating big games. Never understood that. Never understood that. I always thought Bob Delaney had an unbelievably interesting background. He was an undercover, all right, law enforcement with the New Jersey State Trooper, all right? And he infiltrated the mob for three years, all right? 
three years. Now, I am not in any way, shape, or form saying that Bob Delaney was on the take. But, I mean, here's a guy that knew mob members, okay, was undercover for three years dealing with them on a daily basis before he became an NBA referee. I always thought that was very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Because I thought Bob Delaney had as many bad games in big games of any official that I can remember in 32 years. Now, Delaney's resume sparkles, okay? He, for years and years and years, spoke at military bases throughout the United States with our servicemen and women that deal with post-traumatic stress. And he talks about the story once, quote, I was at Fort Still, an army post in Oklahoma, and after I presented, I'm used to soldiers coming up and shaking my hand. When they do that, they carry their coin, their military coin, which many times identifies their unit. They shake your hand, and they have it in there, and it's a way of them giving you a piece of them. This young soldier shook my hand. He had some obvious physical wounds. When I looked down, it was his purple heart that he had given me. I said, I can't take this. And he said, sir, I want you to have it because today you helped me understand how to deal with the wound no one can see. I learned how to deal with the wound everyone can see, but now I know how to deal with the wound people can't see. I'm looking at it right now. That purple heart is framed over my desk, says Bob Delaney. The times I get to spend with our troops are the most rewarding that I have in my life. So again, Bob Delaney's resume, his life record sparkles, okay? And so I am not insinuating. I just thought it was very interesting that the NBA would have a an official that ended up working in the NBA finals year after year after year who basically worked with the mob for three years. And again, I'm only bringing this up because there were so many times that Bob Delaney would be officiating the game where I actually thought to myself, how the hell could he make that call? You know, it actually went through my mind. I didn't have it go through my mind that he was fixing the games. That never entered my mind. I didn't go, oh my God, Bob Delaney's throwing the game. I never thought that. Never thought that. What I remember thinking was, God, this guy makes so many bad calls in big games over and over and over again. And I never understood how Bob Delaney kept on being one of the highest ranking NBA officials. I didn't understand it. His officiating, if you look at the calls that Bob Delaney made and missed in that game six with Dick Bavetta and Ted Bernhardt, his calls were, in my opinion, more egregious than that of Bernhardt and Bavetta. Now, I am not in any way, shape, or form taking them off the hook here. They were bad as well. But if you watch that game and look at Bob Delaney, where he is while you're watching the game and how many bad calls he made and how many calls he got wrong and how many calls he didn't make, it is a major red flag in my opinion. But I want to get back to the documentary, okay? Because I got off on a sidebar there, but I thought that was important to talk about an individual that Donaghy did reference, not by name, but by game six of the 2002 Western Conference Finals. Dick Pavetta regarded as one of the best officials of his era. Very funny guy, nice guy. I used to talk to Dick all the time. I used to be friendly with Dick. Everyone with everyone loved Dick Pavetta, okay? But how did Dick Pavetta and Bob Delaney, and I don't remember about Bernhardt, so I'll keep it to Delaney and, and Pavetta right now. How did they both end up officiating in the Nets 
Lakers series right after that debacle with the Kings and the Lakers. I didn't understand that. I still don't understand that. So I know I'm going around and around, but I want to make this point again about Operation Flagrant Foul. Do I believe that the NBA fixes games? I do not believe that, and I have never believed that. Do I believe that game six was an embarrassment for the league? We all do. We get that. Do I believe that those officials should have been rewarded with an NBA Finals assignment? No, that was a really bad and poor indictment on the NBA, and David Stern should have made sure that those officials did not work in the next round. Something else that I always talked about, David Stern, powerful commissioner, regarded as arguably the best commissioner that we've had in team sports in this country. David Stern had immense power. And if you did not watch the documentary, you can actually feel the power resonating off your TV screen from David Stern. He controlled everything with the Donaghy investigation, everything. That was so apparent to me. The NBA did not want the other officials involved in this. They didn't want all of them interviewed. They didn't want them going through that. And David Stern somehow, some way, made sure that that did not happen. It was also very interesting that once he found out about the allegations facing Tim Donaghy, that within a matter of days, there were all new TV deals signed, sealed, and delivered. Again, the power of David Stern is what really stood out to me in that documentary on Netflix, Untold Operation Flagrant Foul. Hey, before I tell you about my event coming up on Monday, I want to tell you about something that is going to be hitting the market soon, and you are going to be blown away. A good friend of mine approached me two or three years ago, said he was mentioning that he was working on reinventing the flashlight. And I was like, okay, yep. You know, there are so many flashlights. Just go to Amazon and look at how many flashlights are available. Well, he's gotten to the finish line, and he sent me a picture of the flashlight out in the dark of night with a before and after picture. And I will tell you, it absolutely blew me away. Blew me away. This is not a flashlight. This is going to be something that everyone wants to have. You're going to call it a miracle light. That's what you're going to call it. You should call it miracle light. It was awarded patents. It has patents pending. It is the real freaking deal. It is a huge breakthrough, and the assembly of this flashlight will start in a big warehouse in Wyoming in a couple of weeks. Now, you know I don't talk BS. I never have when it comes to endorsements and things of that nature. I'm not even getting paid for this. I'm just doing it right now because I'm blown away. You are not going to believe this flashlight when it comes available to you. It is mind-boggling absolutely mind-boggling. Stay tuned for more details. All right, I want to tell you about my event coming up on Monday at Bennett's Kitchen Bar and Restaurant on Eureka Road in Roseville. I would love to have you join me and Jerry Reynolds. I have confirmed that Gary Gerald is going to stop by. All of the information is at grantnapiercharitableevent.com. My last name, by the way, is spelled N-A-P-E-A-R. Some misspell it. Grant Napier charitableevent.com. And when you click on the link, it will have all of the details, okay? The 12th 
at Bennett's, 1595 Eureka Road. I will be there early, 3.30 start time. First 100 donations of at least $25 will guarantee your entrance into the event. Then the largest donor to the charity, all right, can donate the proceeds to their favorite charity. All right, again, I'm going to be doing a show on Listen App at 4 p.m. Jerry Reynolds will be there. And then at halftime, I, along with Rhino in Sacktown, are getting our heads shaved. All right, we're going to have some silent and live auctions. And we'll have the presentation of the winning charity. This is going to be a lot of fun. That is coming up on September 12th. Again, go to the website and you'll get all the information. Grant Napier, charitableevent.com. There's a link where you can donate if you would like. And I will see you Monday at Bennett's Kitchen Bar in Roseville. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited about that. All right, let's now get to our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I will answer your question on Friday's podcast. Mike wants to know, who has the best stadium in football? Well, Mike, I haven't been to all the stadiums, but the best stadium I've been to uh, is Jerry's World down in Dallas. It's unbelievable. You have to see it to believe it. It's incredible. Uh, but I haven't been to all the stadiums, so it's, I'm not the right person to ask. Now, if you ask me who has the best uh, basketball arena in the NBA – I could answer that, but not football. Luke wants to know, is Tom Brady's relationship problems going to affect his play at all? Alleged relationship problems. I don't think it helps. That's for sure. I don't think it helps. Would you rather have Pat Riley or Danny Ainge making decisions for your basketball team? That's from Tyler. I would rather have Pat Riley. I wouldn't mind having Danny Ainge, but that's an excellent question, Tyler. But I think I would take Riles. I really do. Ben wants to know, who is the best offensive play caller in the NFL? Well, for years... I don't think there was any question. Uh, it was uh, Peyton Manning. I think based on experience, based on rings, based on Super Bowls, uh, to me, it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. All right, Matt wants to know, why would J.R. Smith think he's been blackballed by the NBA? Matt, that's a great question. I didn't know that he came out and said that, so I'm not really sure how to answer that question. But why would J.R. Smith be blackballed by the NBA. Kevin wants to know, will Donovan Mitchell regret wanting a trade after being sent to the Cavaliers? Doesn't sound like it. I mean, are are you insinuating that they're going to be bad and that Utah is going to be good? He doesn't sound disappointed. That's for sure. Time will tell. That is our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I'll answer your question on Friday's podcast. It's time for Rant. Today's rant is brought to you by Sky O Capital, a financial planning and wealth management firm. As an SEC registered investment advisor, Sky O Capital's primary focus is protecting your assets by mitigating risk while providing returns to allow you to retire comfortably. Just go to skyoak.com. That's skyoak.com to take a free risk analysis. Views and opinions expressed by this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Sky Oak Capital. So I'm watching the Yankees game in the first inning yesterday. Bottom of the first, Aaron Judge gets a two-out double, right? Then Josh Donaldson comes up after Stanton strikes out like he always does. And then, of course, Stanton ended up getting hurt again. So Josh Donaldson is up 
with two outs. So I actually got that wrong. When Judge got the double, there was one out. Stanton strikes out, two out, and now Josh Donaldson comes up. Donaldson hits a ball to left field that he thought was going to be a home run, and he jogs out of the box halfway to first and then is thrown out at second about two strides from the bag. So he took what should have been a stand-up double and made it into an easy out for the Minnesota Twins. Judge, who was running on the pitch with two outs, scored from second. But instead of now Donaldson being on second with two out, the Yankees were going back to the field for the top of the second inning. Michael Kay and the Yes Network showed replays, and they talked about how this is not only a problem for Josh Donaldson, that it's a problem all over the league. And Michael Kay made the point that because there's no punishment, it doesn't stop. Well, I have a question. How come managers allow that? How come managers allow laziness? How about having a simple rule in spring training? If you do not run hard out of the box and you cost your team 90 feet or you're thrown out at a bag on a ball hit to the outfield, I'm taking you out of the game. You hit a ball to the outfield and it costs 90 feet or you're thrown out, then you are coming off the field. And I don't care if you are the star of the team or you're the 25th man on the roster, you are coming out of the game immediately. How the hell do the managers allow that? Aaron Boone, whose team has been abysmal lately, they can't, they can barely score runs. If you took Aaron Judge out of the lineup, the Yankees would never score a freaking run. It's unbelievable. How is it that Aaron Boone just sits in the dugout and watches that nonsense? All right, how about reprimanding a player? How about getting his ass off the field right then and there, have his ass sit down on the bench, and he doesn't play the rest of the game? That's the way you do it, and you won't see this lazy crap coming out of the box every single night when you watch Major League Baseball. Now, if it's a ground ball, a hard-hit ball, I can see that. I understand that, all right? I'm not crazy about it, but at least I see that. A hard-hit ball to the infield, I, I can see that. Okay, I'm not crazy about it, but I can see that. But a ball hit to the outfield, you better be running your ass out of the box, plain and simple. And if not, and you don't make it the 90 feet that I think you should be at, or you're thrown out, you're out of the game, period. And that's my rant for today. Hey, that is my podcast for today. Hope you have a fabulous, fabulous day. And thank you so much for listening to, if you don't like that with Grant Napier, and enjoy the NFL football game. Coming up on Thursday. So long, everybody. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.